Hello, and welcome to episode 32 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is a podcast where I chat with some of the funniest and nicest people I've met on Twitter. They're the friends of the show. This week's friend is Madeline at Feeling Euphoric. A recent successful foray into joke Twitter has landed us our next guest, who is really nice and great. Please stay tuned at the end of the podcast for a very special post-credits musical treat. Now I'm talking about Friends of the Show, episode number 32, with Madeline, a.k.a. Rads, a.k.a. at Feeling Euphoric. Well, now. And by the way, everything in life is writable about if you have the outgoing guts to do it and the imagination to improvise. The worst enemy to creativity is self-doubt. Sylvia Plath from the Unabridged Journals of Sylvia Plath. Sylvia Plath. Great quote, and thank you for providing that, and welcome to the show. Hi, glad to be here. So, should I call you Rads, which is your <laughs> current nickname du jour? So, I mean, you can call me Rads, or Mads, or Madeline, either of those. Uh, Rads is the least likely to be confused with anyone else on Twitter, so I like to go by that. Rads it is, and yes, Madeline is a very popular name, I guess. You've come into that realization. <laughs> Especially just the shortening Mads, because there are some people who go by Maddie and Mads, and I'm just like one of the million. Yeah, so everyone goes to Mads, but you can say that you're Rads, because that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm Rad. Rad. So, we should say for the listeners, Madeline is a very lovely person who I've only recently got to know on Twitter.com, and uh, I was immediately a fan. She does it all. Hilarious jokes, great at replies and interactions, fun songs and, like, interpretations of tweets and videos, and, like, art, visual art. That's that's the whole gamut. I mean, does it all, truly. Renaissance woman. Very lucky to have her on the podcast. Thank you for joining me, Rads. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so if you couldn't tell by my intro, very big fan. But we haven't known each other very long, so maybe tell us a little bit more about yourself. Okay, cool. Um, so... I grew up, I was born in Missouri and only lived there for like three years and I moved to Iowa, grew up mostly in Iowa and somewhere in like my freshman year of college I realized that I was completely miserable and there was this coffee shop that I had sat in like one time in my life in New Jersey and I thought it was a really cool place so I thought I'm going to give up everything and work at that coffee shop and so I did and that's what I'm doing now. And that's basically like my entire life story so far. That's amazing. So you just dropped everything. Well, that sounds like the great first act of a movie. I can't wait to see what the inciting incident is going to be. <laughs> but that's awesome. So how long have you been working in the shop? Um, I've worked there now for like two years and four months almost. Two years and four months. That's good. So now you're all uh, you're a very proficient barista, I'd imagine, like a pro 
like a super hope, pro? <laughs> I would hope so. Um, I'm a supervising manager too, which is really nice. Climbing that ladder, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's good. You got some ambition and initiative and doing a great job, I'm sure, for the for the coffee chain. I like to hope. So what was the what what's good about your your coffee shop? What's the what's the vibe like? So one of my favorite things about my coffee shop is it's sort of like a home away from home for a lot of people. My the boss, the owner of the entire shop. She was in this dorm, which turned into like the first male dorm that allowed black. So it turned into like all men are brothers. And then eventually it turned into a co-ed dorm. So they had to change it to all people are family. And that's the saying that is behind the coffee shop, I guess. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. That's very neat. It's like whenever I'm in town, like even if I'm not working, I just sit at that coffee shop because I love it so much. Just got a great atmosphere, I guess. Yeah, the people are great. The atmosphere is great. I just like I feel like I'm at home kind of. So it's it's just really welcoming and nice. Man, that's the best kind of shop. I bet they got great tunes going on. Oh, yeah, especially since when I work my shifts, I can choose the music. So obviously. So what's on your what's on your playlist currently? Well, it it depends on what time of day, but uh, I like Sylvan Esso a lot. She's really good for like upbeat music. Mm hmm. Otherwise, if you need something more chill, like Fleet Fox is a good go-to. The National is a good go-to. Oh, yeah. uh, and now that it's past Thanksgiving, I can play the Nutcracker 24-7. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're one of those. You immediately flicked into seasonal mode. Yeah, but like the Nutcracker's nice because it's like, it's it's still a ballet. Like It's still orchestral music, so it doesn't have to be in your face about it. Yeah, that is true. It's really chill. Other than the suite, it gets pretty intense. But <laughs> other than that, it's pretty chill. <laughs> Yeah. And yet still kind of a Christmas vibe for those who are into that kind of thing. Right, exactly. And uh, it's just a ballet vibe if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you can, they have, um, there are a bunch of jazz bands that do jazz renditions on it too, which is really nice. Mm, yeah, I love good jazz, smooth jazz covers of like popular songs. Just really chills it out. It's perfect for like the cold coffee shop vibe too, because you feel like it's a bunch of chill people who would listen to jazz. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, coffee shop playlists are very key and important to that atmosphere. So, yeah, that's great that you get to uh, to choose that. <laughs> You're like the DJ of the store. Right, right. I'm probably not as cool as the DJ, but, like, cool enough. Yeah, well, you're not on the mic being like, and next up, we got some <laughs> hot tracks from the National. I wish, but that would be a little distracting. It's a little over the top. Yeah, people are trying to work on their screenplay or whatever. Great. So that's pretty neat. And do you do the latte art? The latte art? Sorry. So, oh man, I'm going to get big into like coffee terminology. Oh yeah, please. Please do. Yeah, I know nothing really. So we have we have a latte and we have a cappuccino. And the way we do our lattes is with no foam on top. And foam is something you need to like you need to have to make any sort of latte art but our cappuccino is has like equal parts of milk foam and liquid milk and so because we want that kind of even ratio it doesn't allow us much room to be able to make latte art because to be able to make latte art you need very low foam Mm, because you got to swirl the coffee part into the foam right and you need to have like a thinner consistency that way you can pour out like thinner bits of it to make more intricate designs, I suppose, is the best way to say it. Oh, okay. I get it. So it's uh, so a different kind. You'd have to 
fundamentally alter like the recipe of the coffee to make it more friendly for the art? Sort of. It's just um, when you start to aerate your milk, you pull it, you pull out the milk pitcher from the steam wand. Like that? <laughs> exactly like that. But the distance you pull it causes it to be aerated more or less because it'll expand while you pull it. And so if you pull it a little bit, you'll get like the thin foam that's perfect for making like intricate designs, which I do in my spare time, even though I might not be able like not but might not be supposed to do. But I do it anyway. I get you. <laughs> yeah, because I think I've seen a couple pictures that you have posted of just like a little some little ones that you've done. And so cool. I think it's really cool. <laughs> Thanks. I'm by no means that good at it, but I like to think that I am. Yeah, and it's something like, it's a little fun hobby if you're already in the coffee game. <laughs> Not a bad thing to have up your sleeve. Right, exactly. And it makes customers feel a little more impressed. That's true, yeah. And if you do it for friends and fam at home, like, heck, that's awesome too. Yeah, I can just, like, I'll take it to any coffee shop that I might work at. Not that I'll ever leave mine. <laughs> just go up to random people, be like, do you need some art? Do you need some art on that? <laughs> Just under my trench coat. Just wait by the register. Be like, all right, uh, I'll do some art for you. uh, 50 extra cents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, keep it it under the tables. Uh, Don't let anyone know. And the trench coat is key. Right, exactly. Maybe I should have like a pair of like really dark eyeglasses too. Or you're like foaming the milk in your trench coat. Like you have your own (laughs) foam set up. Like open my trench coat, take out a little like... (laughs) Mug. <laughs> Espresso. So come here often. <laughs> All right. Well, now that we've gotten to the bottom of your barista loving ways. Oh, so what's your, what's your go-to coffee? Because I'm pretty new to the coffee game. I'm in my 30s. I've only been drinking it a few years. Um, so I just get like a regular medium coffee and a couple creams. So I am not a big fan of lattes because I feel like it's just like a a lot of milk to drink, like too much milk. There's this coffee we have. It's called the Nola. It's like a New Orleans style coffee. The main thing about it is that it's a cold brew with chicory and the chicory kind of gives it like a cacao flavor. And then we add in like a little bit of milk and vanilla syrup. So it's like it's cold. It's really caffeinated. It's sweet and smooth. It's like the perfect thing I'd ever want in coffee, which is hilarious because when I started uh, at my job, I hated coffee. I would not drink it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was like me for a while. What made you come around? Was it finding that delicious cacao flavor? It was that. For the longest time, I would only drink hot chocolate. Um, But that drink like kind of was like the gateway coffee. So now mm-hmm. I've started drinking like just like plain coffee with like soy milk or something like that. Yeah, it's good. You're one of one of the masses now. <laughs> just coffee with some some milk or cream or almond milk. Different ways to do it. Someday I'll just go over to the dark side completely and have nothing in it. Oh yeah, I think that's sort of the trajectory that everyone is on. Like sooner or later, everyone approaches getting their coffee just black some people get there sooner than others i'm still I'm like halfway there i'm hoping i get there faster rather than later just because like it just seems so simple and it's kind of like a cooler thing right like if you're really into coffee you can really taste the flavors oh yeah that's very true plus i feel like i'd be more hardcore you'd be <laughs> more hardcore into coffee <laughs> like 
like, yeah, I'm hardcore. I don't need any sweetener. I can oh, just yeah, take yeah. it. It definitely is a way, yeah, more badass. <laughs> a badass <laughs> way to take it. Like, just black for me, he said, like, peering over his sunglasses. In my trench coat. In a trench coat? <laughs> uh, trench coat and sunglasses is a classic look. Right, exactly. I feel like most badass people definitely sport a trench coat and some sunglasses. Mm-hmm. They get Inspector Gadget for one. <laughs> Right, right. Or leather jackets if you ride motorcycles or something. A lot of both good jackets. Good jackets. <laughs> good jacket right. choices. All right. So that concludes Coffee Chat on the podcast. <laughs> and now we'll get into your story. Or stories if we have time. So the, so the story title that you have provided for us is... Madeline and the No Good, Very Bad Christmas Adventure. Yeah, wow. This was, this story was a very long lack of judgment on my part because uh, the first mistake I had made was that my ex and I at the time were friends at that point again. So I had bought him a Christmas present, which is the first mistake. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so how long let's get some deets how long had it been that you had been broken up but still friendly kind of was it recently probably, we probably had been broken up at that point for like a year and a half if not more and we started i don't know we just kind of started being friends i wasn't sure i'm not sure how long we were friends before that point but okay so it had already know. been quite a while of like Dating, then break up, then not being friends, then slowly rekindling, then being friends at this point. Yeah, and he's a terrible person, so I don't know <laughs> why I decided to be friends with him again. After but, you got out, he reeled you back in. Or something. Or something, was, yeah. <laughs> You just jumped in the boat or whatever. Yeah, it was probably not the best decision, but oh, I decided okay. I should buy him a Christmas present, sure. And this... This story takes place on Christmas Day night, so the night of the 25th. And I had a plane to catch on the 26th, and I had to leave my house at like 6 in the morning. But I decided that since I had time on the 25th, I should just go and get the present to him before I had to go and like fly to the East Coast. So I drive into town, pick him up give him the present. We start talking. We're driving around. And this is Iowa, so we're like driving in the middle of nowhere. And... <laughs> It gets to a point where we hit a gravel road, and I'm like, okay, we should turn back now. So I go to do like a K-turn or a three-point turnabout, and as I'm reversing, one of my car tires goes off the road. Uh-oh. And I try to go forward, and my car's just skidding in place, and it won't go forward. And so I pause for a second. We're talking about this, and I was like, okay, maybe I'll get out and like assess the terrain, I guess. And I got out of my car. I looked around. I was like, okay, this is fine. Maybe I'll reverse my car, change the incline that it's going up and we'll be able to get out. So I got in, <laughs> reversed my car again and tried to get out and it didn't work. Did it in so, fact make it worse? <laughs> you know, we're going to get to that point. <laughs> we'll learn. This is a big learning experience for me. So I get back in the car and I'm like, okay, we should call someone. And I'm trying to like find my phone. No idea where my phone went. So we decide that we should use his phone. We call my mom. She picks up. In the middle of the call, his phone dies. Oh. 
And so I'm worried. I was like, okay, what do we do now? I was like, where did my phone go? And I remembered that right before I had gotten out of my car to look at where my car was, my phone was in my lap. So what had happened was when I got out, my phone fell out into the snow. And then when I reversed my car, I reversed my car over my phone. Oh, oh no. I didn't end up actually running over my phone, but we went out to search for it in the snow with a flashlight. And while searching, the flashlight dies, which is great. But my mom <laughs> is amazing. And she called my phone and we found it through my phone vibrating, which is great. We called AAA and AAA says, oh, we normally service well-traveled roads and we're on a graveled road in the middle of Iowa. So no one's going to come get us. And we feel like we're going to die probably, but eventually actually a tow truck came and saved us, which is wonderful. Uh, my mom said, she called me out saying that I was probably looking for a party. That was a cool thing to come home to too. Um, <laughs> also, since I procrastinate, I hadn't packed my bag. So I had to pack my bag. I didn't get like any sleep. It's like midnight by the time I get home and I have to leave at six. And man, there's even more learning. I leave at six. I kind of lose my way. I get to a parking place, but they're like reservation only. So I have to find another one, which is actually right across the street. But I guess I made a wrong turn or something and it took me 30 minutes to get there. I missed my first flight. I got a second flight. I was in the wrong gate the whole time for my second <laughs> flight. So they're calling my name over the intercom and I'm running through this entire airport and I get there and the plane's about to go and they didn't have time to seat me. So they just put me in first class. So there's a happy ending. Hey, <laughs> all right. Bunch of twists and turns, but you end up in first class on your flight. Right, right. It was kind of worth it, but I felt so guilty the whole way that I didn't take like I didn't take advantage of any of the amenities. Oh, in first class, you just fell asleep or something? I just I kind of just like sat there feeling bad for the entire flight. Just trying to assess the adventure that you had just been on. Right, right. It was so stressful. I'm I'm guessing that I cried at least at one point. It's been so long ago that I don't remember if I did, but I might have. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of lot of adventure to go on in a short period of time, like over those couple of days. Plus, it's like a high stress time of year, right? A lot of stuff happening. <laughs> you got to give presents and get presents sometimes. Right, exactly. But just don't don't give presents to your ex in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of hoping to be like, oh, is the present going to help them get out of this situation? <laughs> but it was just the tow truck showed up. That was good, though. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure the present was like 52 things to write about. So, I mean, maybe this adventure helped him write about it, but the book didn't help us at all. This is like a writing prompt book. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's nice. Probably a very thoughtful gift. Right, yeah. I, I tried at least. He, I think he majored in English after that, so... Hopefully it helped him. Yeah, a little bit of inspiration for him. Well, I hope that he, he's okay wherever he is. And I'm glad that you your, your car made it out. Is the car okay? <laughs> well, actually, when I moved out to the East Coast, I ended up getting T-boned. So she's not okay anymore, but I have a different car now. Oh, geez, that's incredibly scary, axe car collisions. Yeah, but I survived. That's what matters. <laughs> it is definitely what matters, and I'm very glad that you did. But oof. Those cars are so dangerous. Be sure to drive safe, listeners. And now, <laughs> I think we can, I think that first story segues pretty good into the second story. 
Madeline <laughs> and the criminal Christmas carols. Oh, man. This story isn't too terribly long, but when I was in high school, I was in theater, and uh, theater kids are always up to no good. I remember our director called us yahoos all the time. We were probably like the the most, I don't know, innocent of all the yahoos in the world. And so after a play one day, a group of us were like, oh, we should all go Christmas caroling. Wouldn't that be fun? So we go around my town, we're singing Christmas carols, and we're getting to this one neighborhood and we're like, oh, where should we park? And we we knew a guy who went to like one of our schools and we texted him. We're like, hey, is it cool if we park in your driveway? And he says, yes. So we park in the driveway. We're going around house to house singing songs. And this old man comes out of the house and is staring at our car. And we text our friends saying like, hey, your dad's kind of given our car, like given our car, like an evil look. Like, is it, are you sure it's OK that we parked there? And the friend texts back. My parents aren't home. So we all <laughs> scuttle over to the car and we parked at his neighbor's house and his neighbor proceeds to call the cops on us. Uh, oops. <clears throat> which is ridiculous, but we move the car and the cops get there and we're all like freaking out a little bit because we actually shoved one extra person in the car. So we didn't actually have enough seats or seatbelts. So we're like, okay, no one get in the car. Everyone just stay outside. It's cool. Be chill. And the cops get there and they put like their hands on their hips and they look at us and they're like, so let's hear it. And we're like, we think that we need to explain ourselves and explain our stories. But no, they want a Christmas carol. So we all like, look at each other. And we're like, OK, I guess it's time to sing. But we didn't harmonize or anything like we're not a choral group. And the cops just looked really disappointed. But we didn't like get in trouble or anything, which is nice. <laughs> I guess that's good. But no one loved the Christmas carol. No, no one did. There's actually a Facebook page called North Iowa Mugshots, and most cop calls get posted about on that. And so my mom was looking at it the other day, and there was a post about Christmas carolers, carolers having the cops called on them. So <laughs> that's my uh, that's my criminal history. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in the books. They they have you on record. It, it would would have been great if you did get a mugshot from it, but I guess on the Facebook that... page is good enough. That would be that would be so frightening. Here's my mugshot from Christmas Caroling. I'm a juvenile delinquent. Or just like the cell door slams and it's like, what are you in for? <laughs> oh, you know, uh, singing out jingle tune. bells. <laughs> yeah, they call me Chris Kringle. <laughs> I'm bad King Wenceslas. <laughs> So, well, those stories were great. Thank you so much for sharing that uh, great Christmas adventure and timely because that season is right upon us now. So thank you for sharing those tales of intrigue. (laughs) And now we get into talking Twitter. So how long have you been on Twitter? Okay, so the real story is that I have had my Twitter account for over six years, but I was only recently introduced into Joke Twitter in about August, I believe. Oh, wow. So it was like five and a bit years that you took to discover that there's people who just tweet out the jokes. 
I mean, I knew there were people who just tweet out jokes, and, like, I sometimes tweeted out jokes, but most of the time I would just, like, rant about life, maybe. <laughs> yeah. More of a Facebook status update Twitter. Kind of. Uh, but I started to do this thing where I would banter with people um, in the replies a little bit. And eventually, Marf Salvador actually reached out to me and was like, hey, we have this thing called a DM room. Do you want to be in it? And it was like, heck, yes, I do. And then I just made this entire switch of gears. And that was in August? Yeah. Of 2017? Yes. Wow, that's so recently. But you have been around so close <laughs> so for so long. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I had followed people like like uh, Elvish Presley for a while and like Mads. Well, maybe not Mads for so long, but I still followed some people in joke Twitter. I just wasn't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you slowly got introduced. Well, that's great when someone reaches out and pulls you into the world of the community of jokey joke Twitter. And it's great to have you. You're, you're very funny and it's great. So that's great that you've been on so long because for me, obviously, it's you're kind of a newer account on the scene. But well, all your jokes are so good that it seems like you might have been around a while doing jokes. It's good. Good to have you. Thanks. That means a lot. Yeah, actually, you d- reached out to me through DM and I was like, who's this person? <laughs> and I ch- uh, checked you out and it's all great stuff. How did I not know? But yeah, so thank you for doing that. That's how that's how it works now. Oh, no problem. Your puns are just always on point. I love them so much. Well, thank you very much. I do a lot of them. So, (laughs) what is the reason behind your handle? I guess we have to go back six years, or have you changed it? I have not changed it. This is my handle for pretty much everything. Nice. Any particular reason? Back in, like, maybe 2006 or 2007, there was a website called Daily Booth where one would take a picture of themselves, caption it, and post it. Most people did, like, one picture a day. And I think I was creeping through someone's photos once, and I remember their caption to it was feeling euphoric, and I was like, yep, I'm going to just, that sounds great. That's a great (laughs) word combination. So I stuck with it for 11 years so far, so that's nice. Wow, that is great. And so you've managed to get that across all your social medias? More or less, yeah. I'm talking about the Instagrams. I'm talking about Snapchat. And I'm talking about, what else is there? LinkedIn. Maybe not LinkedIn. For a while, Instagram, my Instagram was feeling you, or <laughs> my Instagram was feeling euphoric. But now I changed it to was euphoric and created a new account with feeling euphoric if I ever wanted to post like, my tweet with like some sort of stock photo with it because I feel like those (laughs) kinds of accounts seem to do well right yeah yeah the uh the your fat jews and common white girl or whatever you have right exactly but not quite like that (laughs) no but with your own original content right definitely but just on a different platform yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Uh, so you have that handle locked down. Thank you, random daily booth person, I guess, for the inspro. Right, exactly. I mean, where would I be without it? Shout out to that person. So did you upload a different picture every day? Is that a thing where you can go back and look, like in one of those YouTube videos? What actually ended up happening to Daily Booth is they shut down the website at one point because I think they either like ran out of funds or didn't want to run it anymore. And so every single post from that, unless you archive them, it's gone. Oh, 
which I'm kind of I'm kind of glad about because I was such a cringeworthy person back then. <laughs> yeah, everyone's early online life is super cringeworthy. <laughs> We've all got our old daily booth pictures or <laughs> early Facebook posts or whatever. Right, and middle school is definitely not the best time. So, <laughs> yeah, luckily for me, I was still like. You had to get photos developed, <laughs> so a lot of <laughs> lot of awkward photos just locked away in some in photo booths in my parents' basement. <laughs> I am incredibly jealous. You know, a few still made it onto the walls, so they're out there. <laughs> but <laughs> all right, well, that's great. Um, so you've been on Twitter six years. What uh, is your most favorite or memorable interaction? Okay, let me see here. I have to think. So. I guess one of the most memorable ones was this is when this is how I met David or Elvish Presley. So he had posted something about, I think, David Blaine and his quote unquote street performance um, and how he spits out water for like an hour and people are really impressed. <laughs> and, um, I remember someone had come or like replied to it, like saying that, like, he's not a magician, he's a street performer. I don't think you can do something like that. And then so I decided to join in and we got in this huge banter with this guy over how David Blaine is a street performer or like it says magician in his uh, in his title too, not just street performer. So it's not magic. We're saying it's not magic. And this guy's like, well, it's it's not. It's really cool. It's a test of human endurance. <laughs> and it was just the most hilarious thing. I don't know. It was so funny. It was so drawn out. And this guy was defending david blaine to the like to the very core to the last <laughs> but that's how i met him and i guess that's one of the most memorable um interactions i've had so far <laughs> that is really interesting so it was like a david blaine super fan like defending <laughs> defending david blaine in like the message boards i guess yeah it was he was defending his honor for sure <clears throat> He was like, yeah, it doesn't say that he's a magician. And so I had the documentary like on hand. And if you watch the intro, the word magician pops up and I took a picture of it. And I was like, here, <laughs> right here. It says it right here. He's a magician. And then he blocked us. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> that's how it that's how it ends half the time. But I'd say I'd say it was worth it, though. I think once you got to that point, <clears throat> your point has been proven. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because if he can't defend it anymore and he has to go to the block, you know, that's a W. Right. That's like a that's like a disqualification. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. He tapped out. <laughs> he tapped out and you guys for sure won. So you and Elvish throwing down with David Blaine fanboy. That's a great memory. Great memory on Twitter. Oh, yeah. All right, and final talking Twitter question before we get into the tweets. Who would be your dream follow back? Oh, God. <laughs> These questions are new, by the way. <laughs> oh, God, they're new? Oh, man. Okay, um, my dream follow back. Wow. Ah. What a nerdy, is, weird question. This is blowing my mind right now because, like, I wish so many people would follow me back. <laughs> What's the one that just, you close your eyes, it pops right into mind? I mean, I guess the easiest go-to answer would be cool as heck. But you know what? They haven't been, this one person hasn't been online, but if Nuke followed me back one day, just out of the blue, came back from the Twitter dead, if Nuke followed me back, that would be great. That would be amazing. Nuke. Ooh, that's like an oldie, right? That's an oldie, yeah. old Twitter joke guy. 
Yeah, yeah hey, I actually I had a few interactions with him like way back when, like in 2014. Oh, that's neat. That's cool. Yeah, not like great interactions or anything. Not like they were bad, but they were brief. Yeah, but as long as it was positive, you didn't get right. you didn't get nude blocked. So exactly, I'm pretty sure we had a conversation about how all photos of animals on the internet are going to be photos of animals that are dead someday, and that was like really just a really positive conversation. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's true. Interesting to think about. Well, any picture of anything is going to be dead someday. <laughs> oh man, that's rough. <laughs> Ugh, welcome to Downer Talk on the podcast. <laughs> My bad. Okay, well, thank you for answering those questions. You're the first person who I've subjected to that, so maybe we'll give them a tweak. We'll see. So thank you for that. And now we get into your tweets. So you have picked one and I have picked one. I'm talking tweets from ads at Feeling Euphoric on Twitter. And the first tweet is... I turn to my freezer as I fill up an ice cube tray with water. Hey, can you do me a solid? <laughs> a classic. It's sort of like a my style joke. You know, just keep it simple. Right, exactly. Like, talking to ice cubes, it's funny. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I, I talk to, like, everything in my everyday life, so talking to ice cubes is probably one of the least weird things I could talk to. Yeah, you got to talk to stuff. It makes the day way more interesting. <laughs> exactly. And, um, like, if it's a pun, it just it makes it great. Yeah, if it's a pun, everyone can enjoy it. It's a word that means two different things in this context. That's just what puns are. Uh, well, it's a great tweet, so good pick, I'd say. And now the one that I have picked, I shall read it. It is this. Dating tip. Before you think he's attractive, stop. Breathe and take a moment to think, is he attractive or is he just a bowl of lasagna? <laughs> Classic tweet. That's so funny. Was he just a bowl of lasagna? I, several funny things about this tweet. Um, he was not a bowl of lasagna. I wish he were. This is actually a rework of an old tweet that I had done and... I don't know. I thought it could do better. I knew it could do better. And it was it was that time when the contest obscure for a penny zero six was going on and you needed one that was 140 characters back when Twitter was only 140 characters. Oh, that's a piece of old Twitter. It was, <laughs> it was a good time. It was it was a brief time. but It was a good time. So I decided to take that tweet and morph it into something that was 140 characters. And the tweet you just read is the result of that. And it's great. So it's exactly 140 characters. Bing, bing. It, it is exactly 140 characters. Um, I actually had someone block me over it. <laughs> what? They replied to me saying, what, you eat your lasagna from a bowl? And I said, yes. And then they said something about it not being able to like thaw out completely. And then I <laughs> called them out on thinking I had frozen lasagna. And all I knew is someone else joined in and it eventually turned into me just sending Garfield gifs and he blocked both of us eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like some of these online arguments devolve pretty quickly. I live for them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go on record and say I also eat it out of a bowl but it's sort of like a pasta bowl you know it's right it's pasta based it should be 
the pasta bowl. I am just, if that guy's listening, just that's what I. Yeah, I own shallow bowls. Like, I hate using them for cereal, but for lasagna, it's perfect. Yeah, wide shallow bowl. Toss that lasagna in. Mmm. Put some extra Parmesan on, maybe? Ooh, actually, I'm not a big fan of cheese, but I do like it in lasagna. I won't add extra cheese, though. No extra cheese. Okay. Very interesting. (laughs) Very interesting, writing this down. Mm. (laughs) Mmm. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Those are great tweets. And everyone should obviously be following Mads at this point at Feeling Euphoric. And now we get into the picks from others. So hit us with these picks. Okay. So I'm going to start with one from my friend Alex with an X at CyberMonkey. Hey, I actually am at Alex's house if you want. (laughs) Shout out to Alex. Okay. So... Kids party. Wife. Did you hire a magician like I asked? Yup. Backyard. Mortician. Next, we'll cut open the chest cavity like so. <laughs> oh, that was so great. <laughs> and it's a magician, right? Oh, a magician ref, just like David Blaine. Ooh. Right, exactly. But I hope David Blaine isn't also a mortician. No, that'd be morbid <laughs> so <laughs> this picture this um tweet paints a great picture so we're at a kid's party and it's like classic wife and the husband like in the kitchen or whatever did you hire a magician the dad yep but it's a mortician <laughs> and he's doing an autopsy in front of all the kids in the back there aren't many tweets that make me actually like laugh out loud but when i had read this tweet i <laughs> I had to like stifle myself because it just it's so gruesome but just hilarious. Uh, I love the idea of the mortician who just doesn't question it at all. Like why would he be hired to be at a kid's birthday party? <laughs> and he not only did that, he like brought a cadaver <laughs> to be working on. <laughs> There's a lot of things that made it funnier for me thinking about afterwards. Right, exactly. Mm. There's there's a lot of backstory to that tweet. Out of backstory, and you're at Alex's house, so that's pretty cool. Thanks for him to host the podcast right now. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for him letting me borrow his laptop too. Double shout out, everyone! Go follow Cyber Monkey at P S Y B E R Monkey, like you normally spell it. And the second tweet you have selected. Ah, this one is from Cyborg Hanky at Cyborg Hanky. I love Hank. Me, seven years ago. No eating in my new car. I mean spotless. Me, now. You hungry car? Mashes donut into CD player. (laughs) You hungry car? (laughs) I love that. I mean, we've all wanted to do it. We've all wanted to mash different foods into the CD player. Right, exactly. It's sort of like uh, putting a sandwich into a VHS player. Have you done that? No, I didn't. <laughs> but it, it'll be so satisfying, though, right? That's very true. It, like, I feel like it would fit just perfectly. It's meant to. It's meant to be. And yeah, it would be if you had it toasted. Then it's gonna go in just perfectly. Maybe squish it a little bit. Boom! Right in. Right. <laughs> or if it's one of the ones where you pop it down, you just slide it in, and then. and like it's it's bread so if it doesn't fit perfectly it's okay because it'll like squish to the right size yeah well once you start pushing play and the thing starts spinning 
It's going to be a mess. It's just eating it, you know. <laughs> um, but I really, I really like this tweet because I reference it in my daily life now. No matter what I'm doing, I just say, Are you hungry? And then like whatever object I'm talking to. <laughs> That's good. And it is, it's totally true, right? At the beginning, when you have a brand new thing or a new car or whatever, you keep it crazy clean. Getting car washes, getting that interior detailing sometimes. Oh, yeah. And then after you've had the car or whatever, you're like, ah, every once a year is good enough for a right, exactly. cursory vacuum. <laughs> Oh, I spilled spilled ramen all over this. That's that's okay. As long as it dries up, everything's fine. <laughs> Once it dries, that'll put a beautiful sheen on this. It's it's like getting bleach on something. I get bleach on tons of my clothes, and at first I'm a little sad, but it's just like okay, it's stylish now. It's unique. <laughs> yeah, that's just sort of your your style. So every clothes, every piece of clothes has a secret Easter egg bleach stain. Right. I might as well just pour bleach on the whole shirt now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter. What are you just sloshing bleach around all the time? <laughs> we work with a bunch of bleach water um, mm. just because we have bar towels. And so I guess I poured bleach on my shirt one day. <laughs> well, thank you for picking those. And everyone for sure go check out Cyborg Hanky on Twitter. And now the most exciting segment of the podcast. I'm talking about questions from Twitter. Bum, 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 bum. What's that? Do you hear a faint clattering? <laughs> Do you hear any clattering? <laughs> because that means it's the beast. I'm talking about at Flash Ember, Wildebeest, and he sends some questions. First question, what is your favorite animal and why? I would say that, and like this isn't a creative answer at all, but I love cats so much. They're easily my favorite animal. I love them because... Uh, Someone actually did a stand-up bit about this at an open mic that I was at recently. But when they show you affection, like, you know, you know they're showing you affection and, like, they it means something. Because dogs are affectionate and happy, like, all the time. But when cats show you affection, like, show you affection, it's like this whole event. It's amazing. And then they'll cuddle with you sometimes and it just feels, like, extra special. Because it's a cat and they're known to be, like, not affectionate and aloof. Okay, so it goes back to our desperate need for approval <laughs> from yeah. people and animals. All right, I get it. No, cats are... I, I'm not 100% on board with cats, but they're fine. I'm more of a dog. What? I'm more of a dog guy. I do have a dog, and he doesn't love everybody, <laughs> so it's kind oh. of the same thing. He, like, is affectionate with certain people you got to get a pass though so certain right. certain dogs whatever like that but i understand the cats and yeah my brother has cats and yeah when they come up when they give you the pass it is good also yeah i had a i had a cat who would perch on my shoulders and then i had another cat who i could hold like a baby and he'd play fetch with me so <laughs> i've had some good cats wow yeah good cats shout out to those cats the answer is cats and the next question comes to us from the beast again and his question number two is if a witch was going to transform you into food but you got to choose what food would it be and why oh man okay well i feel like if i were a food i wouldn't want to be conscious that off like i wouldn't want to be alive as a food for a very long time <laughs> okay. so i feel like if i were turned into a food i would be want i would want to be something really popular like fries or cheesecake 
You know what? I would want to be. I would want to be cheesecake. Ooh, cheesecake. Good answer. Anything fancier or just straightforward cheesecake? Just straightforward New York style cheesecake. <laughs> New York style. Mamma mia. <clears throat> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> so thank you very much, Beast, for your questions. Hope to have you on a future episode. Now the next question comes in from Jill at Jillian Carger. And her question how did you get started doing music? What was your gateway musical instrument? Okay, well, in when I was in elementary school, when you reached fifth grade, they made you try out all the band instruments, and then they would say, oh, you should play this instrument. So I got stuck playing saxophone. And I wanted to play saxophone really badly, but I was so bad at it that I gave up and I switched over to clarinet. And I played the clarinet for about... I've played it for about, ooh, man, a while now, <laughs> like 10 years or so. Oh, wow. Maybe less. I'm just kind of like ballparking it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I've played bass clarinet for about four or five years. And then I played tenor sax and berry sax for a year each. <laughs> and then I picked up a ukulele once and got like obsessed with it. And then at one point owned three ukuleles and then started acoustic guitar and then didn't really get into that and then got an electric guitar and also didn't really get into that. <laughs> but I would say the saxophone, unfortunately, was my gateway instrument, which didn't turn out well. But uh, saxophone was always like the most popular one. Everyone like I remember that same thing where they made you try out all the instruments and then you had to pick one. But there was only two saxophone spots or whatever, <laughs> and everyone put their name in for saxophone. Well, I ended up as trumpet, which is fine, but <laughs> really wanted that juicy sax sax riffs. I mean, I feel like most situations you can like saxophone your way out of. <laughs> I guess that's true, but it is difficult, right? So I would say trumpet was not the most difficult. I think saxophone is more challenging, right? Um, actually. Fun fact, it's like, um, so the different octaves, your fingerings are actually going to be the same. Whereas with clarinet, if you wanted like a C on one octave and then a C on another, you're going to have to switch fingerings over. I don't know. It's a long, convoluted explanation, but. But you're going to go with clarinet. (laughs) (laughs) Clarinet is your one where you would, if you had to play one, like, we need someone for the symphony. (laughs) Ooh, I mean, I think I'd go with bass clarinet, actually, (laughs) mainly because I want to play it in the Nutcracker Orchestra one day. Like, that's (laughs) in my bucket list. Nice. Well, I knew that it was had something to do with that, (laughs) with that juicy bass clarinet sound, which is found throughout the Nutcracker. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Jill, for that great question. And the next question comes from Tom. And Tom asks... Fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> he always asks that. Donald Duck, Daffy Duck, Scrooge McDuck. Oh, man. Okay, so I think I would marry... Oh, God, no. I don't want to sound like a terrible person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is an intense question. Okay, so I think I would kill... Daffy Duck, because Daffy Duck is the antagonist, basically, in Bugs Bunny, <laughs> and I can't stand him. Donald Duck, I think I would 
fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I would marry Scrooge McDuck. Probably. That's great. I I think that's perfectly reasonable, well thought out, (laughs) and with an explanation. So I think that's good, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it just makes the most sense to marry Scrooge McDuck. Like, it, you wouldn't marry any of the other guys. Right. I mean, <clears throat> so I feel like with, like, date, I, I don't want to get in the way of what, like, Daisy and Donald have going <laughs> on. <laughs> but, I mean, he seems like he'd be a great partner, but, like, they have their own thing, so they can be with each other. Plus, Scrooge McDuck, you get that sweet, sweet mansion. Exactly, and that's what are we? What are we all marrying for anyway these if days? A mansion, <laughs> and he'll get, tell you the secret on how to dive into the coins, which <laughs> looks like so much fun. It does look like fun. That also looks painful, but I'm sure there's like a way. Yeah, the physics doesn't check out, but <laughs> I mean, it really takes me out of it. But other than that, <laughs> great show. <laughs> all right, so thank you, Tom, for the first question, and Tom has a second question. If you were stranded on a desert island and could only take one item, would it be an iPad without data or a bungalow, but you don't have a key to the door? I feel like if I were going to be responsible, I would do the bungalow because that's assuming it has a window, right? I could just break in the window. Yeah, there's a lot of ways to get in without the key. Right, but like, if there if there was no like logical way to get in without a key, then the iPad. But I can probably easily break into something that's unoccupied. Yeah. Ooh, nice skills. Important skills. All right. So thank you very much, Tom, for those questions. Now a question from at Cut Copy Pasta. I believe it's another Mads. It is. It is. It's part of the reason that I had to change to Rads. <laughs> yeah, so other Mads asked, what's it like living out on your own and moving away from family? What struggles do you face? Love you and excited to hear this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to read that last part, but I thank you for saying that, Mads. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I mean, it's been fun it's it's a bit scary sometimes because i have to do things that i've like never done before uh so like obviously when i got t-boned i had to buy a car which was frightening and i hyperventilated and i cried and i think they felt bad for me so i think they lowered the price a little bit which was nice not that i like to manipulate people with my emotions uh but it's been good finding housing is also a struggle but I managed to do it and didn't have to live in a van. That was a worry for a while. But it's it's nice. I don't really talk to my old friends back in Iowa. I don't really talk to my family at all. But that's okay, too. Like, we didn't talk before. So it's all chill. Okay. And I made new friends. I made new friends. <clears throat> well, that's great. Yeah, you don't need... I mean, it's, it's nice to have uh, family <laughs> and friends. But for sure, independence is great, too. Well, yeah, I- I mean, I live closer to my dad now than I did before, which is nice. Um, and I live in the same town as my uncle. So I'm very close by, too. And I see them in passing. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's nice to have a complete, clean start. It's like a fresh of breath air. That is great. Well, I'm glad. So thank you very much, Mads, for your great question. And the next question comes from Isabel Zatan at Isabel Zatan on Twitter. And her questions... 
How is it you've achieved success at being the cutest in the world? (laughs) (laughs) That is very debatable, very arguable. (laughs) But I guess uh, I like to um, I like to uh, put cream cheese on my face every night before I go to bed really takes off the years. But also when I go to work, I wake up 30 minutes before I have to leave to put makeup on so I look like I'm alive and not sleep deprived, which means I wake up at like 4.30 in the morning. Okay. So cream cheese, waking up early. Yes. Those are the secrets to success. No argument here. Cutest in the world. <laughs> and the second question from Pigeon Fancier is, how do you think you'll die? What's your intuition on that? Very interesting oh. question. That's a really interesting question, and I, it's a question that I'm not going to answer truthfully, <laughs> because okay. that would be sad. I think if I'm going to die of anything, it is most likely going to be me accidentally choking because I am eating something too fast. Okay. All right. Shout out to the fast eaters out there. You got to slow it down. Please do. I can feel it in my esophagus sometimes and I worry. It's like, this is the end, isn't it? (laughs) Well, there you go. Watch out for the foods. So thank you very much, Isabel, for the great questions. And the next question comes from Leanna. Leanna Renee. And kind of ties in. The question is, what would be your death row final meal? Oh, God, that's tough. There's so many good foods out there. Like, I just, I love food so much. I guess, though, if I were to have a final meal, <laughs> it would have to be, I don't know if they have rainforest cafes up in Canada. <laughs> on death <but> row? <laughs> <laughs> on death row, they better have rainforest cafes. <laughs> because I want this thing called the volcano. And what it is is it's like two scoops of vanilla ice cream. There's three like giant brownies leaning up into it, making like a pyramid. And then there's whipped cream and then chocolate fudge and caramel. And they stick a sparkler to the top and they light it. (laughs) And when you order it at the cafe, they all come out going, Volcano! And it travels throughout the entire store. Like everyone screams it. And I really need that to happen on death row. Like if I'm ever on death row, that needs to happen. Everyone needs to yell volcano. It needs to be a group activity. They have to coach like the guards and other inmates. They're like, all right, now when we bring this in, you guys know what to do. (laughs) We're all in on this. We got to do it. And then everyone starts ordering that as their last meal. (laughs) You start a trend. It's delicious. It's so good. That would be so hilarious. It sounds like something that's right up my alley. That's my number one go-to brownie-based desserts with ice cream accoutrement. Can't beat it. Exactly. Well, very delicious meal. And you don't even care that it's just a dessert. (laughs) (laughs) It's just dessert. And that's how it should be. And we got a couple questions left. And the f- next question comes to us from Llama in a Tux at Llama in a Tux. Now, his question is kind of leading. We all know she looks nothing like the AT&T girl. I want to know who she thinks she does look like or wants to look like. Oh, boy. I don't think I don't know who I look like. And I've been back and forth on this AT&T girl thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should address it. 
Some people say, not just some people, lots of people say you bear a striking resemblance to, quote unquote, the AT&T girl, Milana Weintraub, now on This Is Us. And so people tweet you that all the time. They, they tweet me that. This has actually been something that's come up in my life before Twitter. So I used to go to this coffee shop. Uh, and I was a regular there back in Iowa, and there was this old guy there who was also a regular. And one day I came in, and he was like, he handed me a picture of her that he printed off on like a sheet of printer paper, and he was like, "This is the girl you look like." Wow. <laughs> I've had guys on dating apps tell me that I look like her. I've had like friends of mine tell me that I look like her. I once was going into my old middle school to hand one of my old middle school teachers uh, a graduation party invite for my graduation party. And before she said anything to me, she said, you know who you look like. (laughs) And it was her. So you get it a lot. But his question, who do you think you look like? I, you know, I don't think I really look like anybody, to be completely honest. If, if not her, then I don't think I look like anyone. But if I were to look like <laughs> someone else, I think I'd want to look like probably, I don't know, Emma Watson's. She's pretty cool. Yeah, she's good. She's popular, doing good things in the world, was great in Harry Potter. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Can't complain. Yeah, all right, cool. You're not dissimilar <laughs> looking from Milana. So, you know, I think you just got to take it in stride be like, Oh, well, thank you. Actually, she looks like me. <laughs> I am the originator of this look. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thank you very much, Llama, for the question. And finally, from friend of the show, Abby, at Abby Cohen WL. And her question, who is your favorite stand-up and why? This is such an embarrassing question to me because... Off the top of my head, actually, I don't have a favorite stand-up comedian yet. What? Which makes... I know, I know, it sounds awful, doesn't it? So this whole stand-up thing, I've recently, very recently gotten into. And I've, of course, like watched stand-up before and listened to it. But I don't think I've listened to someone who's like my designated favorite yet. Hmm, that's very interesting. So you never seen any stand-up specials recently that you're like oh yeah i've watched a few and like i recently went to an actual like stand-up show in vermont but i mean i laughed but it was still kind of like oh man like you're good but you're not my favorite i don't know i get it not rolling in the aisles so you haven't so what about growing up do you remember any uh like influences any like heavy hitters that you really remember enjoying? This is really terrible, but I remember when I was in middle school, I downloaded Dane Cook on my iTunes account. It's not terrible at all. (laughs) Oh, man. I feel like like he gets a bad rep a lot of the time, though, but I used to listen to, like, a lot of his stuff. He got a bad rap later on, but I think that was just for some other incidental attitude how you handle yourself kind of things which is fine but those beginning albums like the first two alb dane cook albums i remember when they came out and i was immediately hooked like everyone else right like i was university age and i remember listening to that first album just like 
losing it though like front to back so yeah i can i can see that that would be a, a big influence it was funny, yeah. funny like i haven't really listened to any of the later or newer stuff sort of you know everyone involves and changes styles but at the time that <laughs> dane cook album was great i think he actually does music now he does music too he's cutting into your thing I think he does music. It's okay. I don't think I'm that great at music. <laughs> well, I think you're pretty good. And I've seen a couple of videos of you playing your little uke, playing some jams, uh, and it's good stuff. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So you just mentioned, like, you've started hitting some open mics, started telling the jokes, and you even posted a video of it, which is incredibly brave. Like, going up is one thing, incredibly brave. Taking a video and then posting it online, that's next level. <laughs> I mean, I was I was probably chomping at the bit a little bit with that, but I don't know. I felt like really proud of it for some unknown reason, but I didn't bomb and I thought I would. And I think I that is the key, right? Like it's a good, it's a good set and yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. And if you said that that was your first time, people would be like, no, because you have, you know, a good confidence, um, good delivery and you kept it sort of very thematically driven. It was all like bang, bang, bang. It wasn't, yeah, it was nothing, it was nothing open Mikey about it. So very good and yes you should be proud and i really look forward to seeing you some more in the future every single mic i want to see a video online (laughs) i was i was lucky because i had um i had a friend there actually from twitter who took the video of me abby uh, at bring the noise oh great yeah she's a great great twitter pal um that's awesome so she took the video for you yeah she did it was great well great and shout out to abby at bring the noise with a Z. Well, um, I think that sort of begins to wrap it up. So let's plug, if we had to plug something, <laughs> <laughs> if you had to plug something, what would okay. it be? So I recently did a contest for, for a free shirt that I designed that my work is basically giving to our employees and it's going to be turned into like a link online And they're going to be selling these shirts, not from our business, but it's going to be a fundraiser for the Mercer County Soup Kitchen. Um, So all the money from that goes to that cause. Uh, It's a great shirt that I designed. So if I saw people (laughs) wearing it, I'd feel pretty cool. I don't know. It's just that, basically. It's great. I've seen the design. It's very cool. It's like a wildlife print, uh, like a true life of a bird kind of thing. And yeah, it looks great. Shirt looks like it will be very cool and probably comfortable. So if the link comes up, I'm going to add it into the show notes. So if you're listening in the future, check that to see if the link is up and you can get one for yourself. So, yeah, add that to your list, your fashion designer. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, just building my resume. Put it on the resume. You got... (laughs) Under hobbies, latte art. (laughs) Under professional... (laughs) Barista skills, comedy, music, bass clarinet speciality, (laughs) and much more. And hilarious Twitter jokes we should mention. So I think that just about wraps it up. So I will now play the theme and we can say our goodbyes. So thank you very much for joining me this week, Mads, Rads. No problem. 
Um, it was great chatting with you, and this is coming up soon, so listeners, check it out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Rads. Be sure to follow her on Twitter at Feeling Euphoric. Really nice and sweet, and you're gonna love it. Now, stay tuned after the credits for a super sweet ukulele rendition of Jesus Etc. by Wilco, performed by Rads herself. Please follow at FOTSPod on Twitter and send a question for future guests. I really appreciate everyone who asks questions for the show, and it's so great to get the questions from all the listeners. Uh, I am on Twitter at SkinnerSteven. For all the other episodes and nothing else, visit StephenWSkinner.com. Be sure to subscribe and automatically get the new episode just in time for your evening stroll. Thank you to Ruby Coast for the music, and thank you so much for listening. And have a great one.